The last two cultural enterprise podcasts on buying and e-commerce have focused on specific, even niche areas of our industry. This time we go big, as we focus on the all-encompassing topic of commercial strategy. In times of dwindling public funding, arts and heritage organisations are increasingly looking for self-generated revenue streams to help safeguard their future viability and underpin their core mission. I'm Ted, and on this episode of the Cultural Enterprises podcast, we examine how a long-term robust commercial strategy can be the difference between your organisation surviving or thriving, regardless of size, turnover or visitor numbers. So, what should a commercial strategy look like? How often does it need to be both written and revised? What elements does it need to contain? How much detail does it need to go into? Who should be involved in its formulation? Curators, your chief executive, your board or trustees, floor staff, customers, and when created, who needs to understand its contents? It's almost really starting to get the rest of the organisation to understand that income's an enabler for all of the amazing things that happen. During that discussion later on, you'll hear answers to all those questions and more with commercial directors from National Museums Liverpool, the Science Museum Group and SS Great Britain. Before that, whether you're just about to sit down to write your first ever strategy or consider yourself to be quite the commercial veteran, our next guest is sure to have some advice that you will find relevant, important and actionable. Carrie Coghill has over 30 years experience working in tourism and heritage attractions. Last year she joined Royal Botanic Garden Edinburgh as a Director of Enterprise and Communication with responsibility for the trading subsidiary, Botanics Trading Company, Public Engagement, Marketing and Communications and Visitor Services. Carrie previously held a number of posts at Historic Environment Scotland most recently, she was Head of Business Development and Enterprise with responsibility for driving visitors and generating income at over 60 historic visitor attractions across Scotland. She also led on the setting up of the trading subsidiary Historic Environment Scotland Enterprises Limited. Previous work experience includes 10 years at the Scottish Tourist Board, now Visit Scotland, in visitor services and international marketing. That is quite the resume. We're delighted that Carrie has agreed to join us and share her expertise. I began by asking her what the initial steps are when writing a commercial strategy. I think when you're asked to write a commercial strategy, it can sound like a daunting task, but I like to keep it simple. I focus on three main areas. Where are we now? Where are we trying to get to? And how are we going to get there? That might sound oversimplistic, but in my experience, it works and it keeps you focused. And I've had times when the worry of delivering the task has overwhelmed me, so having a simple framework is good. You'll often hear a strategy described as a roadmap for your business, and a commercial strategy is no different. You're trying to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I start by doing a review of where we are now, and I do it by asking a number of questions. What I'm doing is thinking about the background or the context to my new commercial strategy. I think about the profile of our current customers and consider our current sales, margins, profit overall and what those trends have been over the past three to five years. In other words, how have we been doing, what's been working and what's not been working? Are there things that are no longer profitable or which we're spending time on and not getting a great return for? And if we took that resource and applied it elsewhere, would we get a better return commercially? However, customers changed over that time. Are we still doing things that we were doing when we wrote the last commercial strategy? And are they still meeting the needs of our customers? 
So I'm considering all of this as part of my where are we now assessment. I want to understand the makeup of our current business. At this stage, I also look externally to consider market conditions generally and specifically in our sector. What are people buying on the high street? Or is there a gap in the high street offer that we could fill? What experiences are people looking for? How and what are they eating and drinking? Are there trends that we could apply to our business? I also look at what others in the sector are doing. Are there good ideas out there that we could take and apply or adapt to our business? A SWOT analysis can be useful. What are our strengths, our weaknesses? What are the opportunities and threats to our commercial business? Having assessed all of this, next I think about where we're trying to get to. In other words, what am I trying to achieve here? As most of us work for cultural institutions of one kind or another, it's useful to refer to the corporate plan and ideally tie the timing of your commercial strategy to the development of the corporate strategy. If you're new into post and you're asked for a commercial strategy, that might not always be possible, but use this as your guide to what the organisation wants to achieve. You'll also have an idea of what your organisation or your trading company will bear. In terms of context, there may be commercial activities which could be lucrative, but for one reason or another won't be acceptable to your organisation. Sometimes what you're trying to achieve will be set by your trustees, sometimes by a need for the organisation to earn a certain amount to reach a financial milestone, or just to stay afloat. If that's the case, ask for a clear brief or ask lots of questions to understand the expectation and how you might meet it. Often though, part of working up your commercial strategy is being asked to use your expertise to advise what you consider deliverable. Trying to strike a balance between being pragmatic on what can be achieved and being sufficiently ambitious can be tricky. You don't want to over-promise not to deliver, but equally not offering up targets which stretch you and the team may be construed as lacking ambition. Experience helps you with this, but I like to have good trend data to support my plan. So think at this stage about the management information you have available and crunch those numbers. And think about what might be happening in the next three to five years in the business. Are there specific events that might have an impact on your business? A new capital project, a new visitor experience, for example, a plan for a shop refit, an anniversary or a specific date of significance to your cultural institution that you can leverage. Will you be reletting your catering contract? Scan the horizon as best you can. Or is your business at a point of maturity where any growth will be incremental? Are you simply looking at your trends and assuming growth at the same rate? Sometimes I find it useful to put together two or three scenarios to assume flat growth compared to the medium and high growth. What are the things that my team could do to make the difference? One thing is for sure, most of us are under increasing pressure to deliver good commercial growth to help offset the drop in other funding streams, particularly if you're funded by grant need by central or local government. So be prepared to be innovative and bold and creative in your thinking. Once you have an idea of where you're trying to get to, the next step is to consider the how. How am I going to get from where we are now to where I want us to be in three to five years' time? Am I going to focus strategically on my existing income streams? Or what are the business development opportunities? Are there new income streams that I could develop? And if yes, what resource would that require? 
I take each income stream in turn and look at the activity that will help us get the growth we need. So I might start with retail. What are the things we can do to make the difference? It could be something quite pragmatic. Can we renegotiate a better deal with our suppliers to give us a better return? Or what would happen if we brought in a new category? Or if we developed a new range? Or put forward a case to update our shop? Or strategically, would less be more? Am I giving my customers too much choice and offering too many products? Or if I review the margin on product and got the margin up 1%, what impact would that have on my bottom line? Or do we focus on upselling or cross-selling? Again, look at what others are doing. Are there similar attractions in your sector who are achieving great success? Can you learn from the best in class, from John Lewis or from Amazon, in terms of ideas for the how? Your how creates objectives for the team and sets the plan for the coming years. Sometimes working through the how do we get there takes you back to where do I want to get to by throwing up new ideas that might stretch those original targets you set yourself. Once I've considered all of this, it's time to put the plan together. Your organisation may have a set format, but more often than not, you'll end up putting a strategy document together from scratch. Again, I keep it simple. My where are we now becomes the background context. Where are we trying to get to is the section that sets out the strategy and the financial targets. And how are we going to get there? The tactics to do it. Add in sections on resource, what staff and budgets do I need? And measurement, how am I going to track and report on progress? And you're there, you've written your commercial strategy. Again, a huge thank you to Carrie Coghill, Director of Enterprise and Communication of Royal Botanic Garden Edinburgh, for that. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that this is the point where we go back to our 2019 conference where my Association for Cultural Enterprises colleague, Digital and Communications Director Robin Cantrell-Fenwick, was lucky enough to hear a number of sector leaders share their expertise. As always, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Cheryl Lockhart, the Commercial Director of the Science Museum Group. I'm Karen O'Connor, I'm the Director of Commercial Enterprises at National Museums Liverpool. And I'm Phil Smith, I'm the Commercial Director at the SS Great Britain Trust in Bristol. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. We're talking about commercial strategy and my first question is, what is commercial strategy and why is it important? So commercial strategy for us is, it is partly the numbers, it is what we are going to give back to the overall part of the organisation but most importantly it's the how and who needs to be involved in that strategy so you know we, we do our very best to behave in a strategic way and over the years that has become much more integrated into the wider organisational strategy. So we've taken a slightly different view we had a commercial strategy but I felt that it was very separate to the rest of the organisation and it existed alongside and income was our problem in the commercial team so we now on one of our for the Science Museum group as a whole as one of our strategic pillars is income so we have an income strategy by which we mean profit and that encompasses the entire organisation so the team that I look after is one small part of an overall strategy towards income and profit generation. And I guess in terms of my current role, which I'm very new into, only a couple of months in, I've been appointed to help drive a strategy, commercial strategy within that organisation. So as a 
paid for independent museum com- being commercial and generating income has always been really important and by appointing me now they're looking to develop a kind of more robust and clearer strategy which I'm starting to work on going back before that and I guess echoing Michelle uh, when I worked for the uh, National Museum in New Zealand we built uh, a complete strategic pathway for the organisation of which commercial and income generation was a kind of central plank of that and linked into everything else we were doing. So as you're going through and creating a commercial strategy in the coming months, who's going to have a voice in the production of that strategy inside and is there anybody outside your organisation who will have a a, a feed into that process? Going into a new organisation, you've got to understand the dynamics of that organisation and where commercial fits in that and how you're going to build the strategy. And sometimes there's limitations and there's sometimes opportunities in terms of how the organisation is operating, what its wider aspirations are to that strategy into. I certainly start by working with my team um, and building the strategy with them but then it's also you can't do it on your own so you've got to work collaboratively and draw in the other parts of the business. You need to talk the, to the curators, the collection managers to get the stories and the objects which then can feed intrinsically into commercial products and services and then working with you know web teams, marketing teams, even the finance team to build that financial framework in terms of your growth plans. So a real collaborative, cross-functional working is the way I've always done it. Thanks. And Michelle, working as a commercial director within the context of an income strategy, does that mean that a great many people have had a say in the kind of targets and strategy that you're working to? Yeah, it's all organisational encompassing. So the exhibitions team are quite a big income generator for us, so they have a subsection of that. Our learning departments, um, both within our walls and on our outreach programme, have really high income targets. And it's about talking about value for money propositions. So what can we charge for across our programmes and portfolio and how does that feed into the strategy? So our strategy is actually quite loose in terms of general principles. It's got all the growth targets in it, but it's looking at when we create income and profit, um, and those two are used interchangeably what are the principles around it so it's not about doing one-off things that take as much effort it has to be sustainable and able to grow and really contribute something back and really be on purpose and on mission and Karen when it comes to the commercial strategy in Liverpool who had a say in the strategy that you're leading I mean our process is probably similar to what Phil and Michelle have said I would just add into that we've also really focused on listening to what our customers are telling us both using the data that we've got, so visitor profiling data, sales performance data, but also by undertaking some formal questionnaires and observations of visitors that is actually underway as we speak at one of our museums where we'll be prioritising commercial development over the next few years, just really to understand what those people want from us. We've got quite a diverse audience at National Museums Liverpool. We have a lot of tourists, but we also service the local community. So what those two groups of people want from a from the commercial and the potential for those commercial markets is really different. So you've mentioned audience data and what are the what are the other elements that you would expect to see in a successful commercial strategy? Where we're starting with our commercial strategy is um, something that you said Michelle resonated with because we're a bit earlier on that journey of making the income generation strategy a part a core part of the organization strategy and that's quite a journey to go on and it's almost really 
starting to get the rest of the organisation to understand that income's an enabler for all of the amazing things that happen. And we really start with that, the, you know, the, the one message, what, what we're here to do. And we've started our commercial strategic conversations with the same headings in terms of educating and welcoming everybody. And that's where we started with our commercial strategy. And Phil, I guess targets are a big part of any commercial strategy. Yeah, I guess it's interesting when you talk about strategy and, and different organisations have got different, use different terminology. I mean, something I've seen over the few places I've worked in the sector is sometimes it's easy to confuse. Are you being strategic or actually are you just looking at tactical or operational plans that are more short term? And often because there's a real imperative to drive income, it's quite easy to just be tactical and just kind of get on with it and really taking the time out to think strategically in my head are quite quite big quite a few big things that you're going to try and do not a great long list so again past experience a ceo tasked me with i just want a five million dollar growth plan and that was the strategic goal and then obviously all that starts to drop out of that and you start to chunk that down into your different ways you can make money different metrics you need to consider what your visitors want what works for your curatorial team and you start to build from there So does a successful commercial strategy then, Michelle, need to link into the wider corporate plan, brand and the overall organisational strategy or can commercial strategy successfully exist in isolation? I think historically we've successfully grown income by having quite a separate commercial body but since it's become more integrated it has become more successful and I would say the offer is much better. We've had a lot of trustee support in creating an income strategy because the culture has to change right at the top, I think, and all the way down. And I think perceptions of income are changing in um, cultural institutions. Large portion of our audiences really value a good cup of coffee and they're going to pay for that. Curators are very much coming around to that. If they go somewhere, they want a cup of coffee and therefore income is, is not a horrible word anymore. It's, it's an important part of your day. I've been coming to this event for a decade plus and I heard for years and years and years that curators just don't get commercial and I'm sure if I went to a curatorial conference 10 years ago commercial don't get curators are you beginning is that beginning to break down I mean we had an excellent project um, at the Science Museum group that we acquired Tim Peake's Soyuz capsule and we were looking at the interpretation of it and the curators were coming up with all these great ideas which we literally couldn't afford and they were getting quite frustrated so we worked with them and we did an amazing VR experience which the curators led someone in my team project managed it and we over saw it to make sure that visitors would actually pay and come and see it but it was their product and they were really proud of the fact that they could do it that people would come and pay for it and it really enhanced the experience of anyone coming to see that capsule so I think absolutely they see the benefits and from a perspective of the commercial teams not understanding curators if we didn't have curators we wouldn't have museums and therefore we wouldn't have jobs. How widely within your organisation does your commercial strategy need to be understood? Is it essential that the person operating the till on a casual hours contract understands the commercial strategy within which they're working. People will need to understand the strategy to different degrees depending on where they sit within the organisation. For us, we do want every member of staff, every casual member of staff on the till to understand why they're there and what they're there to achieve. And we've really, over the past few years, undertaken a big 
staff engagement piece to you know keep reminds of people of their value within the organization on a practical level i might want them to understand the average transaction value target for example but if they didn't know the overall profit we were expecting to deliver i wouldn't be too concerned however we would share the commercial strategy in all its detail with everybody within the commercial management team and everybody within the organizational leadership team and Phil, what about up the chain? So does a clear and concise commercial strategy help your chief executive, your trustees, your senior management team to buy into the work that you do? Strategically, you've got to involve the rest of the executive and they've got to be bought into what you're doing. And again, in terms of working collaboratively, you should be working collaboratively as an executive as in terms of driving things forward, but also that the board understand. And we haven't really touched on kind of governance of... Um, commercial organisations, some of them I've worked for. We had our own trading company board, National Museum Wales. We had a separate board who provided that oversight and fed up into the main trustee group, or you might be dealing directly with trustees. Um, So I think it's a combination of buy-in, managing expectations sometimes, getting support in terms of maybe capital investment or extra staff to take it forward. Certainly when I did the work I did in Wales, we did a a top-down and bottom-up approach, which sounds quite corny, but that was about involving staff in that planning work and also the sort of executive board and trustees. And Michelle, at the Science Museum, really compelling brand. I'm thinking back to not only my visit to the Science Museum, but to last Christmas when I was walking around toy shops and seeing Science Museum branded products in the retail sector. Was that brand developed with commercial strategy and commercial planning behind it? Did you have a voice as a commercial team in the development of the brand? Uh, And do you benefit from having a really strong visual science museum brand? So we did a rebranding piece of work. Well, it started about three years ago and probably launched across all of our sites because we have seven sites, five museums. And yeah, it was a project board of which Commercial absolutely had a voice because our presence on the high street and people's view of the Science Museum group is very much um, impacted by Commercial. You might not visit a museum, but you might go to one of our events. So it's really important that the brand values um, switch across everything. Um, And as part of that brand piece, we had a really strong mission and values piece of work. In terms of commercial strategy, if I asked anybody in the organisation what they were there to do, I would hope they would answer Inspire Futures. And as part of our Inspiring Futures strategic mission, uh, we have our strategic pillars of which income is there, which is a very summarised version of our income strategy. And really that's what people need to buy into. And there'll be specifics and targets in individual teams, but they understand the importance and that's the most important thing for us. We also have a really strong representation on the board so we have an income advisory board trustee subcommittee um, who represent us at the board and they are always making sure the voice of income is heard in any strategic decision such as brand. Karen how about the board at National Museums, Liverpool, how commercially aware are your board, how engaged are they with commercial strategy? So we also have a trading company board who are composed of trustees and we report into the main board and I think over recent years the entire board has become more commercially aware, income is more important than ever for everybody as funding cuts have happened so people are realising right across the organisation the potential for income generation to support the work of the organisation and we've slightly restructured our trading company recently we've stopped really 
thinking about the trading company and we've become much more integrated into the wider organisation and created a business development team who are looking at income generation right across the organisation. I mean, we're a free museum at the point of entry, but we've had ticketed exhibitions introduced and we're really getting to understand the potential. And now, obviously, on the back of big income generation projects like Terracotta Warriors, our board are now understanding that we can make a lot of money that will go a long way in an organisation like ours. How often should you come back to commercial strategy? Is it a once every year process, once every five year process? Well, I guess it's not one size fits all, ultimately, because it depends on so many external factors. I guess as a benchmark, once every five years feels quite sensible, but it also needs to fit in with what the wider organisation is doing. But you also might make a strategic decision about the business, um, and I suppose that's back to really thinking about strategic versus operational and tactical and maybe you know you might strategically decide to bring your catering all in-house or contract it out that would be a strategic decision that might sit outside a, a strategic plan so we'd review it in line with the main strategic objectives of the science museum group every five years probably we'll next look at it in 2022 i imagine but we have a big tactical plan underneath it so the strategic plan will be to grow income by x percent and the tactical plan underneath it we review probably quarterly when we're reforecasting because markets change customer behaviors change and we won't want to be pursuing product uh, projects that actually we've decided now are redundant but because we've written them down we must follow them so we have quite a rigorous review of that as part of our forecasting process. And do you have a top piece of advice each of you for a first-time commercial director? What I wish somebody had told me is to just keep it really simple is to go back to that very simple message and also to not sit in a room on your own to come up with that message is to speak to the organisation, speak to the team on the ground because they are dealing with visitors every day, they know the potential, they know the pitfalls and to listen to customers and visitors who are not customers yet to to really understand but not to overcomplicate it and not to be afraid that you might have to review and change what that strategy looks like strategy is a breathing thing It, it changes all the time focus on doing a few things really really well that will really make a difference and you know really challenge yourself are you are you really thinking strategically and it's not wrong to just have a really great tactical plan because that will make stuff happen as well so yeah less is more i think don't fear it you could spend a year perfecting it but you'll learn as much if you do a bad strategy as you will if you do a good one and having something to start with is better than nothing so start with something and be prepared to adapt it what a fascinating conversation thank you all so much for taking part in this chat this afternoon Thanks again to all our interviewees. It always astounds me how open, cooperative and generous our association members are. So, on this episode of the Cultural Enterprises podcast, you've heard the thoughts and experiences of four commercial directors of cultural organisations. Surely we don't have any more to say. Well, we do. Here are our top tips. Get the team involved. Take some time out and harvest all those great ideas, even if you're a small team. Use your network to ask for advice. People in the sector are happy to share their experience. Keep your ear to the ground. What are the latest trends out there commercially? If it's happening on the high street, think about how you could apply it to your institution. 
hardest bit can be writing the strategy. If there's not a set written format in your organisation, ask for advice on an early draft. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Try to get the balance between being realistic and being ambitious. The minute your plan is written down, it's out of date. So refer to it often and update it as you go. Share your plan widely with your team, however small, to get buy-in and understanding of what you're trying to achieve. Be flexible. If things change along the way and new opportunities come up, be ready to take advantage of them. Track progress. Management information is your friend. Data, data, data. None of us has a crystal ball and sometimes even the most sensible strategy doesn't produce results. Review and change direction. That about wraps up this episode. Did we miss anything out? Is there a certain topic you are desperate for us to cover? Do you want to be a guest on the show? All feedback is welcomed at info at culturalenterprises.org.uk. Thanks for listening. See you again next time.